Well, last year, uh, Simon and I, uh, we were at the 10-year anniversary of Bremen Theatre. It was in here. We were sitting just up there. And uh, it was an interesting night. And, you know, one of the, the co-owners were up here. I'm not saying anything that hasn't been said publicly, so it's all good. Uh, but one of the owners was up here and had all these flip charts. Uh, we, we, we went backstage afterwards and took photos of them. Uh, had all these, you know, flip charts up here explaining the story, just the history of Bremen Theatre. And they started and said, you know, the first year we lost this much money. And then they drew a line downward. And then the next year we lost this much money. And, you know, and then the following year we lost this much money. It was a lot of money. Like they kept losing money. And it just kept going down. And then suddenly he said, and it was a packed auditorium, suddenly he said, but then came the Christians. <laughs> then came the Christians. He said, they're a little bit weird, but they helped us. Then came the Christians. And then he drew a line up. <laughs> then he drew a line upwards. And, and you know, we, we were walking a... Um, you know, we were walking away that night, and that, that line just stuck with me. Then came the Christians. Wouldn't it be amazing if we were the kind of church, if we were the kind of people, the kind of community, that when people were in trouble, when people were in need, when people were in despair, when people were in certain situations of life, that they could tell their story and say, I, this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened, and I was going down, 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 but then came the Christians. Unfortunately, for too long, the phrase, then came the Christians, has been reserved to, then I felt more guilt. Then I got judged even more. Then I, then I had even more people pointing fingers at me. Now I had God pointing fingers at me. Wouldn't it be amazing if we were known to be a community, that when we stepped in, things turned around. Then came the Christians. What an amazing phrase. As parents, we often have this, those situations where you know, one of your children is hurting. Something's happened, and you don't know exactly what has happened, but they're crying, and you run to them, and, and you, know, you, you try and embrace them, and, and what are you trying to say to them? You're trying to explain to them, I'm here. I'm here. Mommy's here. Daddy is here. We're here. Everything will be okay. We don't know exactly what's going on, but we're here. You know, it's the same way. Imagine if Christians had the same mentality of saying, we're here. Everything will be okay. It's okay. We're here now. You know, the, then came the Christians. When Bella, she went to Bernahel, she's at school now, but when she went to Bernahel, she did this thing. Well, she did it whenever I dropped her off, maybe because I kept encouraging her. But she would, she would come to Bernahel, and then at, at the front door, she would just make sure the door was just a little bit open. And then she would kick it open, you know. And like most days, she would just kick it open, bam. And then she would go in, I'm here. <laughs> You know, and everyone's so used to it, like, hi, Bella. And, and we kept like, maybe it's not a good idea because there could be a kid in the other way, going, Pew! you know, just launching. And then she'd go into one stool that's not hers, and she goes, I'm here. You know, new kids were like, who's that? It's like, oh, it's just Bella. Next, then she'd go into her room, and she goes, I'm here. You know, I, I just love that because I think, imagine as Christians, we could have the same mentality. Not always focus on ourselves, but understanding the thing that we carry, what we carry with us, that we don't just carry charisma, we don't just carry whatever, we carry the presence of God, that we could, bam, like kick in some doors and say, I'm here, everything will be okay. Not with a focus on ourselves, it's not about us, Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, it says, we have this treasure, 
this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. The, the truth is, though, some of us, we are too focused on the jars of clay. We're too focused on our insecurities, our imperfections. We are too focused on everything that is wrong about us rather than everything that is right about us. And when you keep focusing on everything that's wrong about you, you're never going to present yourself as part of the solution. People don't need more Thomas. They need more Jesus. So I, I bring myself into the situation knowing what Paul said, Colossians 1.27, it is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. But the truth is, for some of our friends, the closest they're, get, they're going to get to Jesus is Jesus in you. So what do I do? I get as close to them as possible. Why? Because I'm getting Jesus close to them. And hopefully, over time, hopefully, as we do life together, hopefully they realize, oh, it's not Thomas helping me. It's Jesus in Thomas. It's not Thomas making me happy. It's Jesus in Thomas. It's not Thomas bringing peace. It's Jesus in Thomas. And suddenly, there is an osmosis that's going to take place where they find Christ in me, the hope of glory. Then came the Christians. Matthew 5, verse 14, and then we'll get to the title of this message. This is just an intro. I'm just warming you up. It's the first service of the day, and I know that this link is going to be watched throughout the day, so I'm just warming everyone up. Here, five, Matthew 5, 14, it says, here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in this world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. And if I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? Nope. I'm putting you on a light stand. And now that I put you there on a hilltop on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives by opening up to others. You will prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. I want to speak a message today that I've called Help is on His Way. Help is on the way. A few weeks ago, or maybe it's a few months ago now, I'm not sure. Time, time these days is a weird concept. It's like, you know, January was just a normal month, and February month, April, May. Um, but, you know, a few months ago, a few weeks ago, whenever it was, I spoke a message called The Problem with Hunting Tigers. And the whole idea was that the problem with hunting tigers, just like the problem with starting something new or being an entrepreneur or being a leader, the problem with hunting tigers is that you might run into a, a tiger. That's one of the challenges. And we talked about it's okay to trust God because he knows, he knows your promises, he knows your prayers, and he knows your problems. And so to, today I want to just highlight prayer. Is that okay? We're just going to talk about prayer. Help is on the way. Truth is, if the statement then came the Christians is going to have any effect, any power, it is only going to happen if we as people understand the power of prayer. If we understand the power of prayer, then we suddenly are actually useful to our society. We're useful to the people around us. Because now it's not just, I'm here. No, it's I'm here and I know how to pray. Very big difference. Daniel chapter 10, verse 11. There is an angel that has come down. He's met Daniel, okay? Uh, now, listen, it's easy to stumble over passages like this in the Bible and get turned off and go, okay, that's weird. There's an angel talking to Daniel, and he's talking about, like, demons and dark and light forces and, you know, crazy things. And you're like, whoa, you know. 
But, you know, like, I want to encourage you, you know, like, not to be put off by that because you are in church. It's kind of like if, if, you, if you're not even open for the idea of that there might be some more than just a natural world, that there actually might be a supernatural and, you know, unseen world. If you're not even open for that, you might be in the wrong place, <laughs> you know, because even just reading your Bible, you know, you're acknowledging, you know what, there might be more than just ink and paper going on. Is that okay? So here we are. Um, then this angel said to Daniel, Daniel, you are you who are highly esteemed. Another version says, you who are loved greatly. Consider carefully the words I'm about to speak to you. Stand up, because I've been sent to you. When he said this, I stood up trembling. Then he continued, don't be afraid, Daniel, since the first day. Everybody say first day. Thursday. Not Thursday, first day. Okay, not since Thursday. Since you've been praying since Thursday. No, since first day. That you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. And I have come in response to them, but the prince of Persian kingdom, that's like a dark force, has resisted me for 21 days. And then Michael, that's like an angel, an archangel, one of the chief princes, he came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. So while there's a lot of things going on in this, in this passage, I think there's a few things that are worth noticing. The first thing is that Daniel, the first thing he's being reminded of is that he's highly esteemed. He is loved greatly. And before you even start praying, you've got to understand that, that you are loved greatly. Before you even start the conversation, you need to understand you're loved greatly. It's amazing how confidence changes a conversation. When you have no confidence stepping into a conversation, have you noticed the conversation's quality? You're hacking away. You're afraid of what to say. You know, you don't really, like, have I even got a right to talk? You know, like, when you meet someone that maybe you're starstruck or maybe it's someone, you know, important or maybe it's whatever and maybe it's your boss and you're afraid of them, whatever it might be. And then your, your conversation doesn't flow. But the moment you understand, hey, wait a minute, I'm loved greatly. I'm loved greatly. It changes your prayer. It changes your conversation because you have confidence. The second thing that we get out of this is that it says that Daniel's prayers were heard from the first day, the very first day. It wasn't like he had to like make it, the prayers had to make their way to heaven and, and somehow travel time and space. No, from the first day, they, 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 they were heard and help was on the way. The third thing, finally, Daniel, he's told that there was an opposition to his prayers, that, that there, there was an opposition, but at the end of the day, it was heard. And we, we, we know this. We know that light, darkness could never beat light. We understand that. You know, when you, when you flick on the light uh, in the morning, these days getting a little bit darker in the morning, you know, when you flick on the light in your kid's room, you don't have to shoo away darkness, do you? You don't have to be like, all right, darkness, get out of here, you know? You don't have, it, it's not like you turn on the light and then the light is like, you know, making its way through darkness. No, the moment you turn on the light, darkness disappears. So there is, there, is no, there, is no, there is no opposition here. There's no battle here. There's no, as in there's no, um, there is no, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, there is no match. You know, we, we sing this song, you have no rival. 
You have no equal. Sometimes we have this cartoon mentality of God that the God uh, the God and the devil, they kind of, they, they just, they keep each other in balance. There is no balance. God is God. God is God. Besides him, there is no one else. And the best thing, the best thing that, the, the, the best thing that, that the dark forces can achieve in your life is to delay the answer. Can't stop it. So it says here, hey, help was on the way, but we got delayed. We had a little fight on the way, but help is on the way. And I want to encourage you, when you pray and you pray rightly, when you pray to God, help is on the way from that moment. From that moment. So if prayer is that powerful, how do we do it? Wouldn't it be good to know? Wouldn't it be a good thing to learn? Is to pray in a way that actually gets answers. If you have a Bible, just turn with me to Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Matthew 7, 7. And if you highlight, I'm a, I'm a big believer in highlighting and writing in your Bible because uh, someone once said, a Bible that's falling apart is read by someone who's not. And so I want to I encourage you, grab your Bible and just highlight, write in it, whatever. Make it personal. Uh, Matthew 7, 7, it says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Because everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a Manchester City jersey, will give him a Man United jersey? No, if you then, though who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do to others that you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. There are three points and a conclusion here. And uh, we're going to go through them, and then we're going to wrap it up and put a little bow tie on it, and then we're going to leave. Number one, how do we pray? Number one, ask. Everybody say ask. Ask. I have a simple rule in my life. I have a few rules in my life, but I have a simple rule. One of them is do not complain about something that I haven't prayed about. That I'm not allowed to complain about something I haven't prayed about. The flip side of that is don't complain about actually receiving what you prayed about, but that's, a, that's another conversation for another day. But do not complain about something if you haven't prayed about it. I, 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 know, I know pastor friends of mine that, you know, if, they come in, they, if people come in for a conversation, want to talk about stuff that's going on in their life or in leadership or whatever, uh, the first question they will ask is, have you read your Bible this week? Have you actually prayed this week? And if the answer is no, they will say, cool, you go do that, then come back. Why? Because you haven't even given God room. You haven't even given Him a, you know, a chance to show Himself strong on your behalf. And so stop complaining about what you haven't prayed about. First, give God a chance. Give Him a, an opportunity to at least step in and change some things in our life. Just give Him, give him room to move. Give Him that opportunity. There's nothing worse that if you find out your kids are in trouble or something has happened and you find out about it afterwards, and then you ask them and you're like, why didn't you come to us? Why didn't you ask for help? And then when they look at you and go, we didn't think that you were able or willing. We didn't think you cared or we didn't think you could. It is the worst. And maybe they're true. No, they're not. But maybe, you know, like there is something in that. But as, 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 imagine if that's how we feel as natural parents. Imagine God in heaven. Because so often we don't come to him because either we think he's not able or he is not willing. 
And I want to encourage you to say that God is able and God is willing. That He is well able. He is God. You are loved greatly by a faithful God. He is able, but He is also willing to help and move in your situation. In James 4 verse 2, it says, You do not have because you do not ask. You do not have because you do not ask God. But when you do ask, you do not receive. Why? Because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your own pleasures. Yeah, I know. Someone said, ouch. So when, how do we pray? We pray with pure motives. That's, that's how do you pray? Well, when you've got to ask, and how do you ask? You ask with pure motives. Remember, prayers are not magic spells, Okay. I think sometimes we, we see the Bible almost like it's a book of formulas. And I've got to, I've got to get the wording right and I've got to get the, 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 the thing right and somehow I can summon up this, this genie in a bottle that would give me everything I want. But prayer is an unmagic spell. Prayer is a conversation. That's all. Prayer is a conversation. And, and, and just like, you know, you might start out like being all, you know, formulaic. It's like, do you remember when you first start dating? The person you're married to now? Yeah. Anyone? Yeah. Not one person. You. You. Well done. It is far as in Australia, so you're in a particular perky mood. But the rest of us, um, you, know, you, you know, when you first start dating and you, you're nervous about talking to them. And, you know, I remember first times, like, I would call Kat. I would write a list of things to talk about because I was just nervous. Any other nerds out there? Just one, two. Come on, see your hand. Close your eyes. Bow your heads. Come on, let's have a moment. <laughs> No, you, you, you write a list. You're like, oh, so how's that? Okay, great. Okay, okay. Well, i got nothing else. You know, <laughs> great talking. You know, because it might start out like that. It might start out with, you know, okay, uh, I don't know what to pray. Our Father who art in heaven. And we start out. We start there. That's okay. But our prayer are not formulas. It's a conversation. It's a conversation that we have with God. What does God want? He wants honesty. It's the difference between... Buying a Hallmark card from Futex. You know, buying a card where the words are already written down. Oh, it might be pretty. It might be great words. It might even rhyme. You know, you know, roses are red, violets are blue. Here I am thinking of you. It's like, oh, that's so kind. It's like, no, it's not. It's, it's so random, you know. And so you, you, you get that card and someone just writes, two times from me. It's like, wow, so personal. I mean, at least you thought of me. Compare that to your children. You know, hacking away at words. You know, words make no sense. There's spelling mistakes. There's some random drawing of something that's not related to the topic. You know, and even the drawing, you have to, like, you know, get it interpreted. And that ends into a long story. And you're like, the whole thing is an experience. <laughs> but which one would you rather have? Would you rather have the perfect formulaic words or would you just have honest words from the heart? God is the same way. He's not after the right words. He's not after the formula. He's after your heart. But how's your heart shown? Through your words. Because your mouth overflows with what is in your heart. So, so to be honest, sometimes my prayer, my prayer life is just, help. <laughs> Amen. Like literally, that's sometimes, that's my whole prayer. You know, you, you see my, my daily journal, my notebook. Sometimes it just says, Help. <laughs> SOS, Mayday, send help, you know. You know that's, that's all the prayers. Help in my marriage. Help in church. Help 
at work. Help with people. Help in my health. Help in my finances. Sometimes that's all I pray. And you know what? I think God is okay with that. Because God, He is interested in what we need much more than what we want. He doesn't ignore what we want, but His focus is in what you need. So how do we pray? How do we do this? Start with gratitude. Start with gratitude. Psalm 100 verse 4, it says, We enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. In the Message Bible, a little bit updated, it says, Enter with the password, thank you. Make yourself at home, talk in praise, thank Him, worship Him. How do we, how do we enter, how do we approach God? We don't approach Him with a wish list, with a shopping list, as if He's Santa Claus. No, He's our dad, He's our Father in heaven. He's God, He wants to have a relationship. So we start with gratitude. Why? Because gratitude takes the focus off yourself and onto Him. It takes your eyes off you because it was often we come in, all right, hey, all right, so this is what I need, this is what I want, you know, in alphabetic order, and I want this, 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 and this, and this, and if you've got time, I want to do this, this, and this. All right, cool, see ya. Oh, amen. <laughs> that's not prayer. It's rude. That's what it is. That's what it is. What do we do? We start with gratitude. It's like, hey, God, just thank you. Well, I don't have anything to be thankful for. Really? It's blue sky this morning. That was pretty cool. I don't know what it's like in the other parts of our church right now, but it's blue sky here in Copenhagen. Actually, they're expecting 30 degrees today, so that's awesome. That's not true. <laughs> they're expecting the coldest day in three months. But, but we're thankful for that. We're thankful for fresh air. We're thankful for breath in our lungs. We're thankful for life. Thank you for hope. Thank you that we're able to gather. Thank you for church. Thank you, Jesus, just for you. Thank you. Thank you for the Bible. Thank you for my family. It's amazing how when you have gratitude, familiarity starts creeping away. Because you start realizing the treasures that you have in your life. Start with gratitude. And when, you know, when we, when we start there and we take attention of ourselves, we've suddenly realized that the way Jesus taught us to pray, we see it. In Matthew 6.10, it says, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Even when he was faced to cross, even when he was faced with the things he didn't want to do, but he knew he needed to do, he says, not my will, but your will be done. So remember, God is true to his word. Some people say God can do anything he wants. That's not true. I know, I'm going to explain it. God cannot do anything he wants because God has bound himself to his word. So he cannot do something that goes outside the word of God. Do you want to know what God's will is? God's will is God's word. That's why we say read the Bible every day. How do you know what God wants to do in your life if you don't know who he is? That's why we read the word, because God's word equals God's will. God's will equals God's word. So pray the word of God. It's one of the reasons why if someone says to me, I'm really praying about this at the moment, I will ask them, what scripture are you standing on? Like what scripture are you you're holding on to for that? Because then you know you're praying the will of God. So number one, ask. Number two, seek. Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. It's amazing how often we find what we are looking for. Have you ever talked about something and suddenly you see that thing everywhere? Like I said, I'm not talking about how, you know, Alexia and Siri is listening to you and you randomly get, you know, advertising about that topic. I'm talking about, you know, you're looking for a car, you're looking for an outfit, you're looking at some shoes or whatever. And while you're looking for it, suddenly you see that, those shoes, that car, that bike, whatever, everywhere. <laughs> Have you noticed that? 
you know, it's amazing how you train your brain to see things. In, in, in psychology, they call this motivated perception. Uh, it, it's closely linked to what's called motivated reasoning, where we come to conclusions that we are predisposed to believe in. That's why it's very dangerous when politicians step out in Denmark and they say, be careful of these types of people when you travel on trains. Why? Because you're giving a narrative to a whole population that people that look like this, talk like this, they could be acting like this. And our brains now have now motivated perception. So now we are looking for evidence to back up the narrative we have just heard. Why? Because we, we often find what we're looking for. You find what you are looking for that I mean it's the same when you google for your symptoms you know when you feel a little bit sick you're like oh what's that and you google and it's always the worst it's like oh you know you, you come to your wife or your husband you're like I think like you know this you know South American mosquito has flown to Denmark and giving me like a you know a brain disease that's hit my big toe and you know I might lose my right foot you know like it's like what like it's amazing how you you find I was trying to think of the most random thing. I ended up in a weird place. It's amazing how you find what you're looking for. But seek the answer. You might say, well, aren't we just supposed to wait? Like pray and wait? Well, in, in, in Psalm 27, verse 13, King David, he says this, I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And then he says, wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. What does that mean? Well, wait in this context and wait in the Bible in general when it's about God. Wait literally gets translated, wait in faith. Wait in faith. What does that mean? It means that waiting is not just, I'm just waiting. I've prayed and I'm waiting. Any moment now, God, it's waiting. No, no, no. It's not waiting like that. It's waiting like with a sense of expectation. It's like you're sitting at the bus stop or the train station or the airport and you're looking. You're waiting with a sense of expectation. You've seen the timetable. You've done what you need to do. And now you're just waiting for the answer. You're looking for it. So many of us, we miss it because we're not looking for it. But if you will look for it, you will find it. Because we often find what you're looking for. You can ask, but you also have to seek. So I look, and we look down the road. It's coming now. Any moment now, it should be here. Oh, we are, we, we're praying. We're saying right now, in terms of our building, we you know, we are, we are looking, and we are praying, and then we're looking some more, and then we are praying, and then we are looking. We ask, we seek, and lastly, we knock. How do you pray so you get answers? You ask, you seek, and you knock. James 2.14. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds, no action? Can such faith save? Then suppose a brother or sister is without clothes or daily food and one of you says to him, cool, go in peace, keep warm, be well fed, see ya. But he does nothing about the physical needs. What good is that? In the same way, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, is dead. The truth is, you are often the answer to your own prayer. You, Ohus, Olbo, Malmo, listen to me. You are often the answer to your own prayer. So once you have asked, once you are seeking, you know, once you've prayed, what can you 
do to move yourself in the direction of your answer? What can you do? So, I mean, in sport, if you're playing football, uh, you know, American or European, you know, uh, whatever sp- team sport, you know, you will, p- you will pass the ball. Then you're not just going to wait here and say, any moment you want to pass it back, you know, that'd be great. No, what are you going to do? You're going to pass it and then you're going to move. And you're going to move where you perceive the answer will be. You're going to move where you perceive the pass back will be. You will move in the direction so that you are more likely to get a return. It is the same with your prayer. We ask, we seek, but then we knock. We take action. So let me ask you, you've asked according to the will of God. Let's say you've asked, um, well, let's use a building as an example because that's what we're in right now as a church, community. You know, we are, we're asking, we're praying, Lord, we would love a new place. That's, is that according to the will of God? Yeah, He would love for us to have a building, okay? Then we seek. You know, we, we're looking. We, we're looking for answers. We're looking at different buildings and we're getting people together. We're seeking. But now we are knocking. We are taking action. What does that mean? We're knocking physically. We're knocking on doors. We're writing emails. Why? Because now we are more likely to receive an answer. Or we could pray and we could sit in the back room or we could sit at home. We could sit on, could God answer like that? Of course He could. He's God. He can do whatever He wants according to the Word. <laughs> I saw some of you, but you just said, of course he could, but it's amazing how much, how many other times he asks us to take action. So you're saying, Lord, I'm, I'm really praying for my finances because my finances are not, it's just not fitting and I can't pay the bills. Does God want to bless my finances? Actually, he does. It's one of the biggest topics in the Bible is actually finances. It's crazy. We'll talk about that another day. So, you know, is that right to ask about? Yes, it is. We seek, yeah, so we start looking for answers. Okay, where could some answers be? And then we take action. Well, how do we take action? All right, maybe I should start with a budget. That's great. You, know, you start putting a budget together. Maybe, you know, I could go full-time instead of part-time. That, that's fantastic. Maybe, you know what? We actually never use this, this summer house. We never, maybe I should sell that or lease it out. Or, you know, you start looking for opportunity to create an income. What do you, and suddenly you're finding yourself six months, 12 months down the track. Now you're like, oh my gosh. God has answered my prayers. Yeah, but wasn't it all you? No, it was a partnership. Because that's how God works. It's natural, spiritual, spiritual, natural, natural, spiritual, spiritual, natural. It happens like that all the time. You say, oh God, my health is just not, it's not good. I'm always getting sick and I, I just don't know why. And, you know, so, so what do I do? Well, is it okay to pray for health? Is that, is that according to the will of God? It so is. He wants you to be strong. So He wants you to be in good health. You know, I pray your soul prospers, you know. And so, so, so what do we do? When the natural, we start looking. I'm looking at my diet. I'm looking at my exercise. I'm, I'm looking, maybe I'm seeing some doctors. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing some help. I'm trying to get some professional help. It might be mental health. It might be physical health. You know, I'm looking in the natural what I can do and what's happening. There is a partnership. We ask, we seek, and we knock. Help is on the way. Remember in Daniel 10, Daniel was told he was highly esteemed. He was loved greatly. And you've got to remember that before you start praying. While you're praying, while you're waiting for the answer, while you're doing everything you can do in the natural, remember in the middle of the process, you are loved greatly by a faithful God. Let me finish with this verse. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 14. 
It says, when times are good, be happy. But when times are bad, consider this. God has made the one as well as the other. Therefore, no one can discover anything about their future. What does that mean? It means that God is in control in the good seasons and the bad seasons. It's okay. What does that mean? That means we thank God in the good seasons and we trust God in the challenging ones. It helps us to stay humble. It helps us to realize, you know, I just need to, I need to wait on God. I need to wait on God. Now, patience, you know, when people say be patient, and often I think what patience has been reduced to is patient is about, you're not good at waiting. <laughs> Look, I struggle with patience. I'm going to admit that. But let me just define patience for you before you judge me, okay? Patience is not about being good at waiting. Patience is trusting the one who's in charge of the process. That's what patience is. You know when you show up to a restaurant? I'm not hurt by this, by the way. I'm literally just giving an example. This is no specific. I'm not thinking about any specific cafe right now. But you know when you show up and they can see you're standing there with three kids that are clearly impatient. And you go, could I have a table, please? And you can see there's lots of tables free. And then you, you, they're saying, yes, just give us a moment, sir. You're like, fine, I'm patient. It's one of the fruits of the Spirit. I'm a spiritual man. Lots of fruit, you know. I'm a patient man. But then you see the person that's saying, please be patient, talking to their friends about non-cafe related issues. My lack of patience is not because I'm not good at waiting. It's because I don't trust that the person who's in charge of the process has my best interest at heart. So when I speak up the second or third time to great dismay to my wife, who is threatening to walk away with the children to another cafe, this is just a hypothetical situation. It is not because I'm impatient, it's because I don't trust that the person who's in charge of the process has my best interest at heart. And all the husband said, and all the wife said, okay. Patience in life is not about can you pray and wait. Having patience is me, does, it means trust God. Trust that the one who's in control has your best interest at heart. You ask, you seek, and you knock, and then be patient. That you're loved greatly by a faithful God. That the answer will help is on the way. And it will get to you at the right time, in the right way, in the right format. It will come to you. Just be patient. I'm not good at waiting. It's not about waiting. It's about believing. It's about trusting that you're loved greatly by a faithful God.